Let's go. Good job I've got Isabel to keep my right, because uh, the Lord says he would give us a helper, and she's certainly a big help. But this morning, it is a wonderful privilege for to do the dedication of Luca, Charlie, Stephen, Patterson. And if you've never been to a dedication service before, we usually keep the, the preaching shorter than usual, because we can, that there's a little baron waiting in the wings, we parents waiting in the wings, and you can feel like Try to keep kids entertained for too long is sometimes a problem. But this is a serious moment, but a moment of privilege as well as we celebrate the life of Luke and give thanks to Jesus on his behalf. And we pray in Jesus' name that he grows up in the ways of the Lord as Gary and Zoe mark our commitment as well. The word this morning is found in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, we're going to be looking at the feeding of the 5,000. The title of the message is, Sometimes grown men get it wrong. And all the ladies said, Amen, yes do. In multiple occasions, we did not how to work toilet seats. There's always DIY jobs that we can punt. It's coming up for the World Cup. If you want us to do DIY jobs, be certain sure it'll have to be done sometime next year. That's jobs that we've been promising, that light that we're supposed to fix, that fence we're supposed to fix after a howling gale. We're very good at finding other things to do other than that. We're very poor. At receiving directions. If you're driving a car, and Isabel, she's brilliant at directions. I am the world's worst. But it's quite humbling when she says, look, this is a way to go. Sometimes grown men get it wrong. And we see this in this story in John chapter 6, a familiar story. Even if you've never been to church before, you would have heard the feeding of the 5,000. It says this, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went, because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Philip, a grown man, Jesus is testing. Jesus already knew that he was the what to do. There's a magnitude, an insurmountable problem that 5,000 men, they say the number could have been up to 12,000, counting the women and the kids as well. A massive issue that they have wondered in the wilderness, yet they were hungry. And Jesus went to a grown man, Philip, and says, Hey, Philip. But we've got an idea about this. How are we going to feed these people? They're hungry. And Philip comes for the point of view that we can often do is just the world's economy. 
We try and work things out with the mind. So Philip's really quick. He's a businessman, and he's thinking, hold on a minute, even if we worked effort, 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 even if we try and work others out, if we worked for months, still we wouldn't have the wages to feed all these people. And sometimes life can be like us. And we've all been there, that the life's demands on us would try and work out with the brain and think, I can't work this out. How do I satisfy the needs of this problem? Sometimes we think I'm supposed to be full of joy in this life, but we try with the mind, how are we supposed to live this life with joy? When life just keep on giving us knocks after knock after knock, and we think, okay, how do I supply the demand that I put on myself for peace that surpasses understanding? I just want to go out of my bed with peace. That's the demand. And sometimes with the brain, we think, how do I get some peace in this life? How do I live through this life with a peaceful heart? How do I go through this life with a joyful heart? Jesus is saying, come on, Peter, it's a test. How do we, how do we demand its supply? How do we fulfill the demands? And Philip said, he's brain and he's a grown man thinking it's impossible. How do we get through this life with satisfaction? It's insurmountable. We see the demands that's put on us in, a, in this life. And it's so Philip... Philip got it wrong. How did he forget if I was, if I was, if I stood next to Philip? Could have said, Jesus, we need a miracle. And Jesus, I have walked with you long enough to know that you are in the business of miracles. Jesus, I'm coming back to you. Sometimes our biggest problems. And our most precious moments of anxiety, and that moment that you're feeling downtrodden, and the demand seems so massive, the supply seems so small, sometimes that's God's invitation to you to say, well, come to me. Philip could have said, look, I've seen you raise the dead, walk on water, cleanse the leper, open up blind eyes, I see you're the miracle man amongst us. Maybe you should have a solution. But Philip, as we are do sometimes, when the demand seems so great and the supply seems so small, we think, how on earth am I buying these bowels? The demands and the supply. But here we go. Verse 8. Then Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy. We've got to pray for a young boy this morning. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves. Barley loaves was a poor man's meal. It was a seed that was left over, that barley seed. Five barley loaves and two fishes. What good is that with this huge crowd? Jesus Tell everybody to sit down, have a rest. Jesus was never, ever in a rush. Rushing about is for let people. 
Jesus like, tell Abdi to come, dude. Jesus said, so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves. Give thanks to God. Distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. They all ate as much as they wanted. After everybody was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. They picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the house by himself. Sometimes grown men get things wrong. But sometimes, little boys get things right. And as Philip is an example of how without faith, we can try and work things out with the brain and end up in a mess and end up with no results and end up with anxiety and fruitfulness, fruitlessness and panic and in desperation and no results. Look at this little boy. He was one for was prepared he packed his packed lunchbox, or maybe his mom did, in the morning. He's five barley loaves. He's two fish. Then I think of a fish supper that this guy had loads. This is five small barley loaves, two fishes. I think it was like sardine-sized fish, and he's prepared. He comes along and he's wandering in the desert, into the wilderness. Loads of people hungry. This is why. Grown men can get it wrong, but little boys can get it right. Childlike faith, that's why we celebrate kids in this church. And you might think, oh, communion, do they fully understand? Should they? Jesus says, let them come to me, because sometimes childlike faith, it's a great example. They didn't worry about a thing. Complete reliance on a father. How much kids do you care that worry about father next meal comfort? Because they just look to dad and mom and think they'll provide. And Jesus says they have to be an example for us, childlike faith. Then I worry, Father will provide. Jesus is a good God. He'll look after us. Our peace and our supply is they glean for the only thing to do with earth. It's for the hand of our Father. And you've got this young boy that was prepared. And he hid his loaves and he hid his fish. A lot of people was hungry, and then somebody says, look, can we give this to Jesus? He's wanting it. If it is a lesson here, if it should we pray for Luca? For me, this is an attitude of surrender. This young boy surrendered his meal into the hands of King Jesus, the miracle worker. And we've got a prayer for Luca, no matter what he does, that he will surrender his life into the hands of Jesus. And he can something, it's nothing to do with the amount. Jesus could have done exact same with one loaf and half a fish. He could have done exact same with ten loaves and five fish. It's not to do with the amount, it's about us saying, Here you go, Jesus. Everything I have is yours. We pray that Luca would 
grow up in the ways of the Lord, and he'd be brilliant at stuff. He'd be a ten and ten fish guy. He would excel through school. He'd be good at football. If he's really good, he gets to play for the hoops. If he's not so good, he gets to play for Leeds. Or Aberdeen, it's just ten loves, three loves. It's just we should pray for good things for our kids. We can something that's not why we're here just this morning. It's here to pray for our boy to say us forever he does, forever good he is. Maybe he's never be the best at school. That happens. Only folk in here just wasn't the best at school. Education just wasn't for us. That's not why we're here this morning. We are here to say, come what may. We pray he would be like a little boy that would just say, here you go, Jesus. I give you my all. I give you my life. And in the precious hands of Jesus, you might be here this morning. You maybe didn't even hear a clue it was a dedication. And you might say this to me, Kevin, I know really a lot to get to Jesus. I've messed up my life. I'm too old, I'm too young. I'm too needed. When they brought up right, when they brought up in the faith, my mess, I could remember my messes more than the times have been happy, but like Stevie said at the start, today, as you have got is today, now to pet right and say, hey, Jesus, if you would take my one fish and half a loaf, time is running out, here you go, Jesus. Grown men can get it wrong. I was thinking about, okay, let's work a suit, work a suit, work a suit. Sometimes little boys, they get it right and just say, here you go. Jesus' hands is big enough to take your mess, big enough to take your life, big enough to take your needs, your wants, desires, big enough to take your smallness and do something phenomenal with your surrendered life. Sometimes grown men get it wrong. Sometimes young boys, they get it right. It shows surrender. It shows us for me as well. Faith. He gave it up, not just a surrendered life, but he recognized Jesus in the equation or the problem. Philip tried to work out without Jesus. Philip is a picture of self-reliance. Philip is a picture of humanity, trying to work it out. But remember what Jesus said. He never says to Philip, you go work it out. He'd said to Philip, where can we buy bread? He was saying to Philip, include me in the problem. And Philip says, I'm excluding you. I'm going to work it out. Well, as a young boy, okay, surrender. But here, Jesus. Romans, it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. 
And the young boy just drew a circle and included Jesus and says, here you go. You're the miracle worker. I'm just a little boy. I'm surrendering my meal. Maybe it's time for some of us to draw a circle and include Jesus in your story. And I got a lot, but I'm including Jesus. My mind, my life is in turmoil, but I'm including Jesus. Here I am, Jesus. Me and you, let's work this out. The Bible speaks about co-working with Jesus, including him in every area of your life. Jesus' relationships haven't worked out for me. Keep on getting burnt, keep on getting broken. Jesus, I'm going to work this out with you. Jesus, I keep on in a cycle of addiction and heart and pain, and I try things on my own. Faith is, Jesus, I'm coming to rely on you. Fit is faith, coming to Jesus. Fit is a Christian life, relying on Jesus at every moment, young, all in between, rich and poor, it's including Jesus in our lives. We'll pray for Luca in just a moment. We pray that his life would be an example of surrender through nursery, through the school, through academy. And if ever he does after that, we pray that he would be an example of a surrendered life, an example that he's learned and healed, an example that he's learned for his mom and dad. He'd be a surrendered life would be a life that would exemplify this faith. They'd gone through school. He would ken for us to pray and hear the voice of Jesus. They ken for it would be to hear Bible studies. He ken for it would be to prayers, to hear worship, to attend here and go through the different stages here. But his life wouldn't be a life of him working it out. His life would be a life of faith. Old men can get it wrong. Young boys can get it right. I'll end with this, that for Philip, he might have got it wrong, but it wasn't at the end of the story. Because for that moment, he wonder if Philip, it's amazing how honest the Bible is, because Jesus gave him a test and Philip got it wrong. Philip would have knew John. And you wonder how hard this came about, because if I was Philip, I'd be sent to John, listen, mate, I messed up. You keep out your gospel. Like, if he was Peter as well, I'd be like, look, I denied him three times. Listen, mate, I don't want people reading that until Jesus comes back. Can you keep out the Bible? Can you keep some things out for me? Like, Dima, favor, like the story ended well. If I was Philip, I'd be saying to John, look, he tested me, I failed. A little boy showed me up. A little boy showed him up, John, keep the fact that I failed the test of the Bible. But I wonder if it's not just about that, Jesus recording just nice things. Because sometimes we learn as humans the hard way. We try and work things out on our own without Jesus, and we just try and work things out with the mind, and we get ourselves in a kerfuffle, and we get anxious, and we don't see results. But listen, this young boy... Look what happened. He gave his life into the hand of Jesus. Look at the fruit of his sacrifice, his surrender and faith. A hell multitude got fed, 12 baskets full, was left over. And you think, Jesus, 
There's hope for you. How much lives can be impacted through your story? Jesus says, you remain in me. I will remain in you. And what happens after that? There will be fruit. There will be much fruit, lasting fruit. To your life as a single unit, well, good luck. Try our best. Probably nobody in this room will end up being famous. The life of a young boy in the hands of Jesus, look how much people can be impacted. We have few loves, just a little, and God can multiply. Just a little, and God can feed people through your testimony, through your story. A world that is looking for a Savior, looking for some hope, scratching, looking for something or meaning or sustenance that would feed their poverty spirits that is dead without Jesus. But your life can impact this world for better and good for our eternity if we would just put it at the hands of King Jesus. But I wonder if Philip was. Just leave it there, because Philip learned after that. If you read the rest of Philip's story, he walked with Jesus, he was there at the crucifixion, he was there at the resurrection, he was there at the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, there were signs, wonders, and miracles. Then through the Apostle Philip's story, it says that in the end, he refused to get crucified the right way up. and said, crucify me the other way about my Savior was crucified the right way up, turn me upside down. And he was crucified next to the said Bartholomew, the other apostle. And even on the cross, he preached the gospel. He maybe made a mistake, but it wasn't at the end of the story. And I wonder if he just looked at us, young balloon, and thought, he got it. I missed it. He got it. And he thought, wow. And he'd be more like us, young loon. And he put my life into the hands of Jesus. Comfort me, surrender, include him in my life. And his story ended well. And for you here this morning, you might think you didn't hear a lot. You have enough to be used by Jesus. And he says that Jesus received, gave thanks, and multiplied great things can still happen in your life. I've learned this lesson in life. The only time I ever have is right now. That's all I have ever got. Yesterday, ah, the miracles of yesterday and the mistakes of yesterday is absolute history. It is gone. I carry nothing about yesterday. Nothing. I can't even really do too much about the morn, because I might not be here. As you have ever really got in life is now. So it's pointless getting beat up about yesterday or resting in your laurels about how amazing you was yesterday or boss will always be in the Lord. Pointless thinking about the cares too much about the morn. God only ever expects you to be right with Him now. And if you're wrong with Him, you should get right with him fun. Now is the day of salvation. And so I want to encourage you to now be like the little boy. Grown men can get this wrong. Prime ministers can get it wrong. The educator can get this wrong. But look at this little boy. I did something right. Surrendered. Fitted. He could have said, no, I'm prepared. I'm eating my fish and loves. You lose. 
They didn't prepare well for the journey. I parked my lunch. I'm keeping my lunch. I'm going to hem a play piece and go hem. But he says, no, here you go, Jesus. Here you go. Surrender with faith and receive the fruit of faith. People was fed. And I ask for Gary, Zoe, I think Theo, or Luke, I'll definitely be coming up. And then we will pray for them. And then I'll step out the wine. You can get some marvelous photos without me in the picture. And then we'll pray. We'll give thanks to God for Luca's life. And then we'll stand as a congregation and pray for him. But my prayer here as well is this. This is not just about Luca. This is about us and how we see ourselves in this story.